This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 32 teams entered the season with the hope of being crowned champions. Now, only two cities remain. Who will take home the coveted Lombardi Trophy? It's time for Big Game Breakdowns with Baldy and La Confora, an Odyssey exclusive. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Big Game Breakdowns. Uh, we come to you live now, Wednesday afternoon, or in Baldy's case, uh, in L.A., Wednesday morning. We are creeping closer to the big game, uh, and we will certainly be getting you prepped for it yet again here today. As I mentioned, um, well, I should probably say who I am first, I guess, in case you don't know. I'm Jason Lockenfour. You can find me at Jason Lockenfour on Twitter. I'm joined by Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. On Twitter, you know and love his X's and O's breakdowns. And we're, we're going to talk a lot about the game today. We're also going to talk a little bit about this Kyler Murray situation with the Cardinals, where, um, from what I'm gleaning, he's none too pleased right now. But we're, we're going to start with these games. And, Baldy, you had a long cross-country flight to get out to La La Land. Um, I thought maybe you'd be reading a detective novel or maybe writing the great American novel, but... Um, I'm, I'm being facetious. You were grinding the film. Of course you were grinding the film. You went back, you rewatched these championship games as if you weren't already prepped enough for the Super Bowl. Uh, let's start with the NFC, Baldy. What, what any takeaways after rewatching that Rams 49ers game? Well, first of all, Jason, I, I, I did have a David Baldacci, uh, the latest novels. So okay. I, I was okay. reading some Baldacci. Uh, you are nothing if not a renaissance man. Yeah, yeah, I, I did no, not I, mean to imply anything I, to the contrary. I, but there, but it is the Super Bowl. I, I'm in the middle of it, and there's there's some twists that just happened. So, I, I mean, I had to <laughs> kind of like float, like just kind of titillate myself a little bit. And you know, yes. you know when I when I watched, went back and watched the Rams 49ers game, I came away going, if I was a 49er fan, you wasted a great defensive performance. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that was my initial. They had a great game plan. And um, – you know, if Chukwaski Tart intercepts that ball yep. uh, at the 35-yard line, maybe maybe the comeback of them down 10 never happens. You know, so that's that's the first thing. And and with that game plan, Stafford played great because they threw some traps at Matt Stafford in that game that if you're not really alert and really know what you're looking at, you're going to throw interceptions. Like they had them, they had some plays that were trapped. And he didn't fall into the trap. And it, I mean, there's, you can set these traps in these zone defenses that some of these teams play. And, you know, an inexperienced quarterback, quarterback doesn't know what he's looking at. He's going to throw it and he's going to get picked. And Stafford did not. Now he threw the one bad pass in the middle of the field and, and Tart dropped it. But other than that, I came away going, Stafford played great. They, they let these players play, Jason. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to change much for the, yeah, I don't like to talk about officiating much. I, I, you know, I mean, because it's, it's very subjective and what's a, yeah. what's a hole, what in a hole, but they let, they let Rob Havenstein play against Nick Boza. Um, they let uh, Andrew Whitworth play against uh, a BCOM. Like they, they let those guys play and they didn't throw flags. And I, I have a feeling the Super Bowl is going to be like that too. Although we'll have to wait and see. And so, uh, I thought, you know, the Rams protected really well because the 49ers front, they were, they were rotating, they were coming in waves and they didn't blitz a lot. They didn't have to, like, those guys can flat out rush Arden Key, Kevin Givens, the whole group. Um, they, they played pretty well up front. Can you elaborate a little bit on some of the, the traps you saw? Was it eye games? Was it a safety kind of drifting one way and then quickly, you know, post-snap going another? What Was it well, them you know, leaving leaving areas that look like they're going to be vacant and then closing them? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. You know, like, for example, the Rams on third down love to go to a third three-by-one set. You know, mm-hmm. if the back if the back's in the back, sometimes they'll put the back out. But sometimes they'll leave that back in there just for extra protection. But it's, if they're in a three-by-one, typically Cooper Cup, is to the single or Odell Beckham's to the single receiver side, and Cooper Cup is in some kind of a three man set to the other mm-hmm. side. Jason, sometimes he's in a cluster, um, you know, and they'll just break out and isolate him uh, if they're a man coverage. Um, so, like for example, if they throw to the three man side, they the 49ers were in. Sometimes they were in zone, and if you throw it to Cooper Cup the corner all the way out to the wide side, like he's got his eyes on that stick throw to Cooper cup. Mm-hmm. And if you throw it in there, it's got to be perfect. Otherwise, you know, whether it's K1 Williams, whoever is going to pick it. Right. And they threw one like that and Stafford got it in there and the, the throw beat the trap, you know, and then he did one to, you know, and then on the other side, you got Odell Beckham and you can zone that you can man it depending what, you know, what, what your, what your defense is. And there was a time when they they threw a zone. It looked like man, but they they zoned it. And if you threw it to Odell, um, he's going to get picked. Like mm-hmm. it's just sitting there waiting on him. And 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 Stafford looked at it and he didn't and he didn't throw it. And I go, I tell you, like like Odell had a great game, and there's no reason not to throw it. Except if you do, it's going to get picked. It's good. And yeah. it was just it's just like one of these things where you don't know until the snap, Jason. And I, I I give the 49ers credit. They had a good game plan. They just couldn't get them to make those throws. And, you know, who knows? You know, maybe maybe it happens this week. Maybe Cincinnati right. looks at that and they – and, you know, Anarumo runs something like that. I mean, they, they can play as much zone as anybody in Cincinnati. So maybe they, they kind of go, let's try it again, get them to make this throw, and this time we're going to jump it and we're going to make the th- – we'll make the pick. Well – Let's let's carry over from that because you, you you mentioned it a whole lot of zone for Cincinnati, especially in the second half of um, of that game. A lot of sort of unique dime packages. Do you think Luana Rumo looks at some of what worked against Patrick Mahomes and says maybe we stick with some of those looks? Maybe um, I can get pressure with three at times against this Rams offensive line, or is that uh, is that playing with fire? No, I think I think he's got those packages. You can always, you know, go to him. Um, but I feel like he's going to throw something that they haven't seen. 
and I don't know what that is right now. I really don't. Um, you know, we've seen Sam Hubbard line up middle linebacker and run twist mm-hmm. stunts, you know, at Derek Carr. We've seen Trey Hendrickson drop on a zone pressure and Von Bell's coming and Hendrickson's right in the passing lane and makes Mahomes hold it. Um, there's been a lot of different wrinkles that they have thrown in the postseason. And, you know, we said this on Monday, Jason, but, you know, in three postseason games now, they've got six interceptions. Yeah. They've got eight sacks. They've got, they've defended 12 passes. I mean, the numbers are almost staggering in what they've done in the postseason. And so, you know, they've, they've had success, a lot of success with what they've done. And it's been different. It was different against Derek Carr than it was against Patrick Mahomes. So I have a feeling they know, I, mean, I think Lou has a lot of respect for Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. and just the overall game planning of this staff, you know, and, and, and the players that they have. So I feel like they may find something in their 20-game search of the Rams this year. You know, maybe it was something that Tennessee did, you know, you know, or San Francisco did that had success against this team that they may try to copy, emulate within the framework of what they like to do. Right. One of the things you have to worry about when you're facing a Patrick Mahomes is his ability to just break, contain, make plays with his legs and not just mundane plays, but the, these backbreaking feet yeah. converts a third and 12 because you're so worried about downfield coverage. Um the fact that, I mean, look, it's, I'm not saying Stafford's a terrible athlete. I mean, he, he's fine, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Not having to worry about that element from the quarterback position. How how much easier does that make Anarumo's job? I don't know if it's easier because Stafford's having a great postseason. He's thrown six touchdowns, one reception, the way that he plays. Now, he did right. He did have his longest run of the season. Yes. 14 yes. yards. So, I mean, yes. but that's an aberration. Yeah. Um, no, I think, you know, when you have a guy that really wants to beat you from the pocket, uh, you go go through progressions, you know, the way Stafford does, and you can throw from all the different arm angles that he can. Um, but you know where he's going to be. That's, you know, that's a different animal. And, you know, th- right. that's like going up against Ben. Uh, it's like going up against, you know, Baker moves a lot. Um, you you got You kind of go through the pocket quarterbacks that you played this year and you go, okay, what what works against this? This is guys? like kind of like a Tannehill, right? Who they would have seen in Tennessee. Yeah. He'll run occasionally when he has to, when it's there, but he's not looking no, to but, but advance the a, ball with his he's, legs. He's a much better runner than Stafford is. I mean, Stafford's Staff, yeah. a classic pocket quarterback, you know, player. So um, but with that, with that, you know where he's gonna be and where he kind of needs to be. Now they'll bootleg on occasion, they'll roll him out on occasion. Um, it, but it, by, and by and large, like he's either in shotgun on his little spot or he's in, you know, play action, drop back, um, you know, max protection type throws down the, they they don't do as much of the speedo routes, you know, max protection, two guys in the route. They don't do as much of that as what they did with golf because they had to do it with golf to get the ball down the field. Uh, so my thing is how are they going to defend this three by one package, Jason? Mm -hmm. To me, that's where. They'll ring because they're really, it's really defined. On occasion, they will put Cooper Cup and Odell on the same side, and maybe that's a wrinkle the Rams do. But I, I by and large, you know, they they really like this package, and you got to pick yeah. your poison. You got Odell over here. If you want to single him, he can beat almost every man coverage. Right. If you if you want to try to give help to Cooper Cup, you know, in a cluster or on a three receiver side, freeze up Odell. Like that's where I think. 
the wrinkles can come from. Because ideally, they still want to keep Jesse Bates and Von Bell back. Yeah. You know, and and kind of defend you with seven up front. So, but what can you do out of that? You know, do you man the bunch formation and really pressure them and make the quarterback hold the ball and take your chances with Cooper Cup and his route running to be able to win quickly? Yeah. Like those are some of the things I'm looking for uh, on Sunday. But if I'm reading you right, you're kind of insinuating that when Lou does want to roll the dice, he knows where the launch spot is and he doesn't have to worry about that necessarily moving. You know, if it's see ball, get ball, you know where the ball's being thrown from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, like, you know, you, you, you put all these parameters out there when you put the game plan together. Okay. Is the quarterback, is he multidimensional? Is he a dual threat? Is he, is there a read option element? I mean, are you, you know, and, and conversely, you know, you're a seven-man front, you're an eight-man front. How do you build right. your box? Like, those are some of the basics. Like, you know, what one thing we haven't really seen much of in this postseason, Mike Hilton is their slot defender, and he's a really good player, and he's yes. a good blitzer. Now, I've seen him against Derek Carr blitz a lot. Yes. You know, and so, you know, is that a guy, do you come after him with the slot, you know, speed off the slot, you know, and – and so Deshaun McVay adjusts the slot out wider where it's a longer distance to come because of that element that can come. So th- those are some of the things that that Lou is battling with Sean, you know, as they go back and forth with this chess match. And that's, it, you know, it's not to overuse the analogy, but, it, you know, it's yeah. a really good chess match back and forth between these two. You know, two guys are really good at what they do. And then, you know, the thing that really jumped out at me Jason was they waited till they were down 21 10 at halftime before they made this big adjustment on second yeah. down against the chiefs. Like they, like most, like I've, I've heard Belichick say, well, if you wait until halftime to adjust too late, like what you're, you're waiting too long, like adjust before them, but they waited till halftime before they said, okay, second down, we're going to drop eight, you know, Hubbard, you're dropping, we're rushing three. We're going to make them homes. Hold it. Your late entry to the rush, Sam, like about, you know, they go to that package. You know, a lot of teams wouldn't wait to the second half. And it was, you know, so that was, they kind of sprung it on them. And right. it didn't seem like the Chiefs adjusted real well no. um, to that, to you know, in my mind. So, you know, because if they were dropping on second and seven, why wouldn't you run the ball? You know, like, why, why wouldn't you just stay with the run? And I know, yeah. I know Andy and Mahomes are a passing team and they're going to throw it on seconds. But still, if you knew they were doing that, would you run it on second and six? I would. Sure. You know, yeah. with, you know, but so they didn't. So it played into their hands, you know, and they got a lot of quick stops, as you remember. And, you know, you kept thinking to yourself, where's this Chiefs offense in the second right. half? You know, like like they, they can't do anything, and they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, along the lines of this chess game, how interesting of a piece is Logan Wilson for you? I feel like this defense, when he's – healthy and sound can kind of play at another level. And, and he's such an intriguing athlete. Um, you mentioned, you know, Tart dropping an interception. This kid has short hands. He has really good instincts. He seems to always be around the football. I think, you know, I remember going back to preseason, Jason, doing preseason games, you know, just, you know, Lou saying like, you know, this is going to be a breakout year for Logan Wilson. They draft him, I think, in the third round. Third round, yeah. yeah but, but you know, he, he had three interceptions in the first three games. Um, I think he got two off Ben. Yes. Um, early on in the year yes. when they blew the Steelers out. And, you know, they do a lot with him. You know, is, is he in the A-gap? Is he coming, not coming? Is he dropping? 
you know, that's a package we haven't seen much in the postseason. But he can cover some ground. He's really good in pass coverage. He gets, you know, he gets stepped in his drops. So, uh, you know, Logan Wilson's a really good player. He's really good in pass coverage. I think he ended up counting that interception against Tennessee. He's got five interceptions all yes. year. I mean, there's not many middle linebackers are getting you five interceptions. That's yeah. a rare amount. Um, you know, you if you get five passes defensed, you've, you've had, you know, a pretty good year. Right. You get five interceptions, you better account for him in pass coverage. Yeah. You know, it means he's pretty sure he took on one to the house too, huh? Baldy in that Pittsburgh game, I think he took one to the house. He did. He had a pick six. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you you you're looking at so you know some guys that are you know that have that ability in the middle of the field to get in the passing lanes. You know, to use a base a basketball analogy, I mean, you know, you're you're looking to you know to trap and you know get in the passing lanes and deflect balls and see what you could do with them. Well, let's go to the units we haven't talked as much about. Let's go to Cincinnati's offense and the rewatching of that championship game. Anything that stood out to you more on that final watch versus the initial watch? Anything reinforced or or new come to light? Well, you know, they ran the ball between Samaje Piran and Joe Mixon. They ran the ball 25 times, Jason. Like, you know, just the fact that, you know, they did run it that many times. You know, even in a when game when down, they were trailing, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, there would be most teams in this league down twenty-one-three. That run game would be completely abandoned. You know, it would just be every team would get just pass happy at that point. That's their own chance. And even, you know, and the thing that surprised me was they lost C.J. Uzama early in that game. Yeah. So you know, he's 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 a good he's a good blocker. I mean, he's not um, George Kittle, right? But he's not a stiff either. Like right. to, you can line him up on the strong side against outside linebackers, defense vents, and he can get you stalemates, you know? So when they lost him, you then went to Drew Sample and you went to Mitchell Wilcox as your, and they, they struggled, they struggled. And, you know, Frank Clark got some easy tackles and you go, well, why are they running it? You know, like you're gaining a yard, you know, right. but it, it, you know, at the same time they threw to those guys six times. They yes. screened to him, and, you know, and Samaje Piran got the big play late in that second quarter, 41-yard screen for touchdown, you know, and then later on they threw a screen to mix in, and he one-handed catched it, and he yeah. got like 23 yards. Like they got some they got some, some chunks out of the screen game and using those guys. And you have to know that both these guys, they like Samaje in the, in the pass game because he's a better pass blocker maybe than Mixon. So, but they – they got a role for both those guys. But I think that jumped out that they got 20, 25 runs out of those two guys and six catches. So, like, that that was important, I think, to still maintain yeah. some balance. That And it's something the Rams should pay attention to, mm-hmm. that if they should fall down early in a game, uh, and, all the, you know, you have to play out all these scenarios, right, all week long. Like, sure. they're not, they're not going to abandon Joe Mixon. And then if you, if you go all the way back to the Tennessee game, the only touchdown by Cincinnati was, you know, cutback run by Joe Mixon, yes. you know, for a touchdown. Um, he's a he's a really talented back. And he'll the one thing about Joe is he's not a dancer. He's not he, if there's if there's a yard to get, he's gonna get you the yard, yep. probably fall forward for another. But he's 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 got good vision. He can break tackles and the longer you keep giving it to him, the better the chance he's gonna break one like he did against Tennessee couple of things to piggyback on there. Do you think 35-ish running back touches might be a magic number of sorts for the Bengals? Again, in this one, 
and you alluded to the lack of touchdowns. How much time do you think Zach Taylor spent the last two weeks kind of reworking his red zone offense? Because at some point, right, it feels like they're going to – they can't keep doing what they're doing at beating the best teams in the NFL. Like these, the field goals, and it's awesome that they have this kicker who's a freak of nature as a rookie, but finishing drives is supposed to be one of the keys to football. I remember talking to Kurt Warner one time about red zone offense. And this is when he was in Arizona with Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald. He goes, and you know, and he had, you know, he had good good coordinators, and they're like, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Baldy, if they if they drop eight, and they're sitting there in these zone defenses, quarter coverage, and they're just taking these, he goes, sometimes your best option is to throw it up to Anquan or Larry Fitzgerald, let him go mm. get it, and I kind of feel like throwing it up to T Higgins or throwing it up yep. to you know Jamar might be your yep. best chance, you know, in the red zone, and we've seen that. You know, we saw Jamar last week, you know, three-yard touchdown catch. So, like, you know, and, and it was probably a pretty good chance, uh, and we'll probably get to this here, but, you know, it was a pretty good chance that you get down to the, the three-yard line. You know, they they threw one to Jamar last week on second and three, and there was a miscommunication between Jamar and Joe. And they came right back the next play, yeah. and they connected. And, you know, it was just – it was really a back-shoulder throw – and Jamar made the adjustment, and Rashad Fenton, who was covering him, you know, was helpless. Now, you make that throw against Jalen Ramsey, I don't know. Like, I, I, right. I kind of put my money on Jalen in that situation. Yeah. Like, he's made for that. It's just his length, and, you know, I think his vertical leap is, you know, it's out of the gym. So, uh, you know, I don't know that that's going to work against Jalen. Like, you better mm-hmm. have a better option. You might throw it once if he's out there, but two times in a row, I, I – <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I think that's playing with fire, playing with fire. So, but I do think, you know, the best thing you can do in that part of the field is run the ball. Now we'll see, you know, I mean, the Rams were really good against the run. Ashawn Robinson played the best game I've ever seen him play for the Rams last week. So, you know, they were much better against the run than they had been from the very first play. Um, they, they, they really uh, just stacked and shed, you know, the 49ers all, all game long and, really got off blocks and there wasn't any secret magic to what they did. They, they just defeated blocks at the point of attack. Uh, one element to me that I, I think really improved for the Rams down the stretch, sticking with this red zone conversation is uh, Odell maybe isn't making a whole lot of, you know, 75 yard bombs like he did with Eli. And, but when they get in the red zone and his spatial awareness, knowing where the cone is, knowing where the pylon is, knowing where the back of the end zone is, a lot of three to eight yard balls traveling in the air that he turns into six points. You're spot on, Jason. In fact, I went back and watched a touchdown reel of uh, Odell. He's caught six touchdowns from um, from Matt Stafford. You know, the first one was a, a sluggo route against Green Bay early uh, second game. I think he was there. And he went 54 yards, ran by everybody. Then you kind of just open your eyes. You know, mm-hmm. people in Cleveland were going, I think we have a problem with our quarterback here. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. like he, that guy might not have been yeah, the like thing he, holding he us ran, back. He ran right by the corner in safety, and you're like, yeah. uh, this guy's got juice now. I don't know what they're waiting on. But, anyways, uh, but you're right. You know, um, he, he caught a one yard touchdown route against Jacksonville. He caught a three-yard touchdown against Minnesota, three-yard against you know, Tight Arizona. one against Baltimore. They needed that one against Baltimore. To, to, to take the lead and win the game. Yes. Totally. So the, the thing about 
Odell and, and Cooper Cup to a degree, and it goes to what you're asking, is these guys, both Cooper and, and uh, Odell, are great route runners. And the thing about routers, and let's just call them routers, yeah, is you have to be patient because it takes some time, a little bit of time, to set the guy up and beat him. Like, you know, that that um, the touchdown against the Ravens wasn't instantaneous. Like, it no. took a little bit of time. And you have to be patient. And so the quarterback has to be patient. Like, you just can't get off it if he's stuttering or he's – like, the one against Jacksonville, he literally walked off the line of scrimmage, and then he burst. And he lulled the corner to sleep, and then he got six yards separation. You know, I mean, if there's some art, artistry to yes. this. Yes. And so I think Stafford knows – I mean, I think Stafford knows that. Yeah. And so – but but then it's a question, okay, Hendrickson's coming, Hubbard's coming – you know, you get pressure coming off the corner. Do you have time to make that throw? You know, and Stafford has shown you that he'll take the hit, you know, right to the kisser in order to make that happen. So that's those are definitely things to look for when you get to that part of the field. We'll finish the Super Bowl talk with the Rams defense because we haven't uh, plunged into that too much to this point. You, you mentioned Ashawn Robinson having the game of his life. Um, anything else stand out for you from the Rams defensive perspective? whether personnel or schematic wise on that rewatch of the championship game? Well, you have to, um, you have to give the applaud the Rams for, you know, bringing Eric Weddle back, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and for him to be playing as well as he is, but in order for Weddle to play like he's playing, this Nick Scott is unbelievable. You know, there's only one player, Jason, in these three postseason games for the Rams that have played every snap, every defensive snap, and it's Nick Scott. You know, and he picked Tom Brady, you know, in the divisional round. He had six solo tackles, including knocking the living daylights out of Debo Samuel in the middle of the yeah. field. Like, when I watched this Nick Scott play, you know, he's a Penn State kid. Um, I think he's from Harrisburg, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's a seventh-round pick that wasn't playing a lot when they had, you know, Jordan Fuller and these other guys. He looks to me like he's the future at safety. Like, you know, he can mm-hmm. play in the middle of the field. He looks like he's got range. He's got ball skills. Like, Nick Scott, to me, has made this defense better. Um, you know, he's a he's a pure free safety. He's got range. He's got good vision. He's Like, his the, the timing of his hits are impactful. Like, he looks like it's what you want, you know. And to find yeah. a guy like that in the seventh round, Ooh. and it has allowed – Weddle to be more in his comfort zone, more at the line of scrimmage, more of a guy that can be disruptive right there. He was against San Francisco. Might be a little different against Cincinnati with the way that they can throw it, but it's nice to have a guy up there that can tackle the way he can with Joe Mixon in the backfield. So that that jumps out at me. Um, And then, you know, you you have to have a game plan if you're going to throw the ball for Aaron Donald. Like every play, like he's, I was going to ask you about, he, you know, he's so smart. Um, yeah. Not just smart. Like he's, he knows what you're doing, you know, like yeah. he, he's seen everything. He knows the slide, the center, you know, where he's coming by formation. He knows like, it's hard to fool Aaron Donald. You know, if he knows the slides coming, he's going to go outside the guard because the center's then pretty useless. Yeah. If the center is in the middle and he's like a pocket protection, he knows he can beat the center and guard. Um, he's lining up everywhere uh, right now. Like he's lined up outside yeah. the, the offensive tackle at times. So really, 
you have to know where he's at and, you know, what his alignment is and what that alignment means. Uh, you know what Von Miller is. I mean, he, you know, he's an edge rusher. He's going to come off the edge. He can run twist stunts. Right. Um, but, you know, Aaron Donald is a guy that you have to really pay attention to um, on, on every given play. Yeah. Because you know, he, in the, in the run game, he can be, you know, if it's first and 10 and he's making the tackle for a three-yard loss, he's taking you out of the run game. It's over. Yes. Like you're yes. throwing it on second and 13. Yeah. So you, that that's that's something you have to pay attention to. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking he uh, is not going to be a major, major factor in this football game. Someone who he has had uh, his share of joy against over the years is Kyler Murray. This is a very 2022 story, Baldy. Uh, Kyler Murray, after the Pro Bowl, wipes, expunges any reference to the Arizona Cardinals from all of his social media. Uh, The agency that represents him is offering no comment or no uh, explanation for why this took place. I don't think it takes a rocket science to leap to some conclusions and say, well, gee, he finished his third year of football. As soon as a player finishes third year of, uh, in the NFL in his rookie contract, he's eligible for a contract extension. And I think if you would have had uh, shared a turkey leg with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, who share the same representation, Thanksgiving night, they probably would have been toasting to new contracts. Yeah. I mean, one guy's a coach of the year candidate. Yeah. The other yeah. guy's maybe the front runner for MVP around the middle of the season. And obviously the bottom fell out and Kyler's never thrown more than 26 touchdowns in a season. Now the durability you're bringing up, you have to um, think he only averages about 7.1 yards per attempt. Like it's not, it's not wowing you on the, in totality Baldy. And so I am wondering, because I heard that ownership was less than thrilled with how that, that season ended. My, my sense is these guys may still be in prove it mode, which I understand from an ownership perspective. Um, but that's, can't be where these two guys thought they were going to be a couple months ago. That's true. They have had some collapses. They were the worst team in football when Cliff and Kyler came on board. They had yep. won three games. Josh Rosen was the quarterback. It was a disaster. They were the worst team in every category offensively in the league. Um, I mean, I, and I did one of their games late in the year. They were dreadful. Yeah. Um, they have done nothing but improve steadily to the point where they made the playoffs this year uh, for the first time in a long time, well, since Bruce Arians was there, Carson Palmer. But it's hard for me to understand the source of discontent. I mean, if it's just a contract, if it is a contract, and, you know, the negotiations, if there is any, doesn't sound like that's going on. Um, And we do know that the Bidwells um, are not the best people to deal with. they have a history. the history of their organization. Yep. And so there is some of that that can sef- definitely seep in um, to what you want to ha- get happen. And what you're looking for is a commitment, um, you know, long-term. And so if they're not giving that to you, we have seen, we haven't seen a coach quarterback situation of discontentment. And I don't know that Cliff is, I haven't talked right. to Cliff, right. but if it is Kyler, we have seen Jason in today's world, that if you want to get out, you can get out. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, yeah. you want to get yeah. out of Jacksonville, you get out of Jacksonville. All right. Yeah. Now, typically, uh, you're talking about organizations that are not well constructed, right, and don't have a great foundation of uh, of history to them of doing things the right way. And players know that 
way more than fans or anybody on the outside. They feel it every day. So, you know, Cincinnati was like that for a long time. Oh, yeah. And so, you know. Archie Palmer fought his way out of there. Yeah, if you want to go, okay, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, you know, Joe got hurt last year, not a good season, and here they are. Uh, But a patient organization that did everything the right way. Somehow, Katie Blackburn, Mike Brown. I mean, they did everything the right way, and here they are. So you could say, let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they're doing, and let's be the Cincinnati Bengals next year. Mm. Let's go address free agency. Let's because they've all they've done is build around Kyler Murray. They bring in Rodney Hudson, a Pro Bowl center. You know, they bring in Zach Hurts. You know, I mean, they have DeAndre Hopkins trade. They have done nothing. James Conner, like they've done nothing but build around Kyler Murray. That's just me. I'm not. Yeah. So. If I was Kyler, I'd go, what's the plan? You know, like, what 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 kind of money do we have? What do you want to do? Right. Um, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. I don't know that if you wanted to get out, that you can get yourself to a better place. Right. You know, because that's the idea. I mean, you, you could, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. We know that. Oh, yeah. But is New Orleans right now a better place? I don't right. know. Or Carolina or Washington. Or, are, yeah, are they better right. places? Yeah. Right. I, right. I don't know if they are. I mean, I don't know if Carolina is a better place. I like Matt Rule a lot. Um, but new coordinator, yeah. an owner that looks like he could pull a plug in anything at any given moment. Mm-hmm. A, a Washington team that uh, you tell me who's got Nothing better Nothing ever works there, brother. You know, Nothing if, ever works there. Okay. So just go around the horn. Yeah. You know, and go, all right, if if Minnesota is done with Kirk Cousins, is Minnesota a better spot? Maybe. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. Like, it, it could be. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson is, you know, yeah. and Dalvin Cook, like, they, they can, you know, yeah. Adam Thielen, they can excite you. Um, but I don't know how much better that right. situation is than uh, than what Arizona is right now. So I, you know, if I'm if I'm Kyler, I'm I might, you know, because you know, look, I'm not picking on Kyler, but you know, a lot of players are, you know, are they they communicate through social media. Let's oh, face yeah. it, okay. So if you want to scrub your, you know, your accounts of Arizona things like that's a statement that's yeah. made in today's world by today's players, and I'm not denigrating. That's the way it's done. It's it's a tool at their disposal. It's a tool. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that, yeah. you know, like Jared Goff got traded. Like it was disaster. He yeah. goes from a Super Bowl contending team to the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You know, so uh, if I was Kyler, be careful about what you wish for, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it, 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 the timing of it is is interesting, though, because you look at that division and you've got the Rams who made this power move. Right, eating golf's contract and eating golf's dead cap yeah. and taking on a monster contract all to try to win a Super Bowl and get infinitely better at the quarterback position. We've got Russell Wilson with two years left on his deal, and he's there's some discontent there, and I keep hearing he's in no hurry to re-up with those guys. Jimmy Garoppolo's already said his goodbyes, right? It looks like it's Trey Lance time. And then on the heels of that, you've got Kyler Murray scrubbing the Arizona Cardinals. It's like it's pretty interesting well, to look at that prism of quarterbacks right now and say, now, that might be the story of the offseason, NFC West quarterbacks not named Matthew Stafford. And, and you might you might be bearing the lead here, Jason, when Tom Brady says, you know, never. Oh, come on. I'm not I'm not taking that bait. I'm not taking that cheese. He just I wants either. us to talk okay. about him at All the right, Super but, Bowl. But, but, let's face it. Um, 
the off season, there is no off season, right? No, but we're already into the off season, yeah. and we haven't played Super Bowl Fifty Six. And let's yeah. face it, the quarterbacks drive the off season. Yes, the the quarterback carousel is going to stir up all the conversation, um, you know, throughout you know through, through this whole period. And mm-hmm. so, if and really, if you want to make a move quarterback wise, like. The Senior Bowl just happened. I don't know. Yep. Like, I'm not that excited about this quarterback crop. No, no. Um, but, I hear Pickett. I talked to a lot of people who say Pickett okay. probably solidified but still, him. As the, um, as the, is it the top guy, but with questions? Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like, if his size and some of the things, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, we, you know, the standard is Joe Burrow. Like, right. That's what I want. I want Joe Burrow. Right. Okay? Right. And if right. I no, he's not. Joe, he's not available. Like, like, I'm not going to go through available. this thing and yeah. And try to develop these. I don't know. Like it's like Joe Burrow is spoiled that number one pick yes. quarterback for yes. for a long time to come. Um, but you, you, but we need quarterbacks. You know, there's never enough. When this was a twelve team league, there was never enough good quarterbacks to go around. Uh, it's still the case. Uh, and you want to get it done before free agency, which is going to be here before we know it. Second yes. week in March, yep. free agency, and certainly before the draft. And so you want to get that position settled, whether it's who knows, you know, what Mike McDaniels thinks in Miami right now, what Carolina might do, what Deshaun Watson does. Can that can can all those um all that litigation get settled right before any of this and you know free him up to become a player in this whole thing? Like that's I think that stuff has to get done, you know, before you know, while before the draft, Jason. That that's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. I agree, and I know we will be talking about all of that stuff uh, well after the Super Bowl and through March and and through April. Um, Well, I'm glad you made it out there safely, brother. Um, I am not sure if we are are chatting again uh, in the near term or or the short term, but either way, I I always look forward to reconvening whenever we do, and we will have a a big game breakdown with Baldy. Tomorrow, around the same time, whether Baldy is with us or not, I know he's got a lot of commitments out there. But we will continue to talk football for you guys well, every day. Say, my, 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 one of my commitments today, Jason. All right, yeah. Maybe if I join you tomorrow, I could talk about this. Okay. Uh, as a uh, as the analyst for Sky Sports in the UK. Oh yeah, uh, we're headed to Santa Monica Beach today, Jason. And I'm drawing, that sounds like a tough. That sounds like a terrible gig, Baldy. But here's the gig that's going to be. That's like I'm excited. I'm drawing plays up. In the sand. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's just the old, you know, Johnny United That's, drawing plays oh, up. Oh, absolutely. We're drawing plays up in the sand today. And I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. But yeah. I'm going to come up with a play that hasn't been done yet. I know that. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a flea flicker. If right. It's a way to get Jamar Chase off of Jalen Ramsey. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not sure what that one. I'm doing three plays. So okay. uh, I'm going to use my uh, my football prowess to come up. Yes, and in the sand, I got I've got a playbook developing here today. I just I'm going to throw a couple of potential pitfalls at you. You got to keep one eye on the waves because you do not want it. You don't <laughs> want, want them knocked, cresting in and erasing erasing your work in real time. Yep. I would say avoid distractions if you know what I'm talking about. Try to keep your head down on the sand. If you lift up. Yep. Baldy, the whole segment might go awry. That's true. Um, 
And uh, what do the kids say? Like picture or it didn't happen or selfie and it, or it didn't happen. Yeah. I hope you capture this on your phone so that you could share it with people. I mean, because not everybody's going to see the segment. You know what I mean? But well, I, it, I, I, want, I would like to see a like a point of view shot of what you're doing, like what you see as you're scripting this. Well, let's just say that the girl that's doing it with me has got the California looks to her. Hannah, uh, beautiful young lady. Um I did ask yesterday when we were kind of reviewing this thing, like, how is this? Are, are we, is this Baywatch? And they're shooting this from a lifeguard stand. Like, I, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, Jason, but it will, yeah. you know, I will, I won't be scrubbing this from my social media. This, this yeah. will. Yeah. This, no, this is, this, this sounds like spot What is the today. attire? Will you be like Hasselhoffed up or will you have to wear a suit with oh, no, no, no. There's, no, there's no suit in okay I'm, all right good um i'm, I'm in, you don't want sand in your loafers yeah yeah no there's no loafers. that's here. no good yeah so <laughs> I, I, i'll be ready for the moment <laughs> well whenever we chat again whether it's tomorrow right. or later in the week well, this will certainly be a topic of conversation we thank you guys as always for listening to us on uh baldy's breakdowns in this case big game breakdowns with baldy we will back we'll be back with you on thursday um, at noon Eastern, uh, 9 a.m. Baldy time out there in La La Land. And we will continue to break down this game and get you guys as prepped for it as we possibly can. Thanks for listening and talk to you tomorrow. This has been a production of Big Game Breakdowns with Baldy and La Confora, an Odyssey exclusive.